This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about One Division episode four. We interrupt this program. Dylan, where's my mom? Your mom? She died, honey. What? No, 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 no. You're mistaken. My my mother, the, the procedure went well. You you said so yourself. Clean margins. You're discharging her today. The cancer came back. Okay, stop, stop. No, you're, my mom is Maria Rambo. Look it up. I mean, look, look it up, oh Maria God. Rambo. Oh I don't understand what's happening, but you need to listen to me. Maria died three years ago. No, 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 no. Which you... was two years after you... After I what? After I what? After you disappeared. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about WandaVision. Yeah, episode four, we interrupt this program. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out this trio, I am Chris. Everybody back in their usual positions this time. Uh, Chris, ready to get the group. Uh, John in the middle. Uh, me up front. <laughs> yep, yep. And I am Groot. Nice, Chris. Well, welcome back, fellow Defenders. Once again, uh, as always happens with our podcasts on TV shows, we come up with a an interesting way of uh, talking about our, our episodes. We have been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, our major points about the TV show they're referencing, our commercial breakdown, and then the, the reveals of some of the mysteries or the stories of some of the mysteries. Complete change up on the episode here. So a complete change up on the podcast because, uh, well, no commercial this week. Complete change of format. We're out in the real world, not in the, uh, not in the world of the TV show. So, uh, so we'll be talking about our top five points about this episode this time. Whoop, whoop. Yes, we are mixing it up, fellow defenders, mm-hmm. with our coverage of On Division. Just like how the, the show has suddenly taken a, significant left turn Mm -hmm. in in the series so far and if you are joining us for the first time we will be spoiling uh, everything out of episode four Mm -hmm. we interrupt this program and of course if you're new as well please head on over to our website tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe on any Wiccan or Android loving podcast player you can support us any way you want to uh, but subscribe, rate us, leave a review, uh, or as well to keep the lights on, keep Derek jacked up on coffee, uh, keep Chris looking beautiful, uh, then please, uh, you can head on over and support us over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries. Any which way uh, you choose to support us is Absolutely fantastic and really, really appreciated. Um, We are continuing with our pub quiz. We are continuing with our feedback extravaganza Mm -hmm. on all things WandaVision. Send in your emails with feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or over on our Facebook group, you can uh, post in our spoiler-filled comment post. over on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. So yes, welcome everyone. And let's get down to business. Derek, what are some of the episode details? 
Well, the episode was written by Bobak Asfrajani and Megan McDonnell. Uh, we spoke about Megan McDonnell because she wrote one of the episodes earlier on this season. Uh, Bobak, uh, what I thought was interesting in looking back on the shows that he's written for, he wrote for a show called Manifest, uh, which was out for about a couple of years ago. Uh, what was interesting about that show is that it was about a plane that disappeared and returned after five years. Pretty useful for this episode of WandaVision, which is about a character who has disappeared from the world and returned after five years. I just thought it was quite a, quite a surprise that the actual time frame as well was uh, was exactly the same as uh, as that. So did they go, hey, Bobak, you've written this story of what the world would be like if everybody disappeared for five years. Can you come in and do that for WandaVision as well? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, the episode, once again, directed by Matt Shackman. Um, so far, directed every episode uh, of the show. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with? this astonishingly interesting episode of WandaVision. Sure. Five years after the devastating events of Thanos' snap, Agent of Sword Monica Rambeau returns with everyone else who disappeared in the blip. The world is different, including Sword, that is now focused on sentient weapons. As she's grounded, Monica gets a new mission investigating a missing person from the town of Westview with FBI Special Agent Jimmy Wu. But a missing person case soon becomes a missing town case. When Monica investigates her drone that disappears through a strange energy field, she is sucked inside the invisible border of Westview. Sword call in the experts, including Dr. Darcy Lewis, an astrophysicist who has dealt with strange disappearances before. Darcy soon realises that she can access a broadcast of Westview and learns that Wanda Maximoff and The Vision are the stars of the sitcom show. They have surrounded themselves with missing townspeople who play more roles. While Sword attempts to infiltrate the town, Monica mistakenly reveals that she's a stranger and is expelled from Westview where Wanda has everything under control. Or does she? <laughs> do, do, do. I was going to just title this episode as Everything is Revealed, um, because I, I do love the title that Disney Plus gave uh, for the episode. Uh, we've talked about the episode titles coming up after their release, but I love this title, this uh, this We Interrupt This Program. Um, something that you'd hear when there's breaking news, effectively, uh, back in the day on, on regular, uh, regular TV shows. So here we have We Interrupt Your Regularly Scheduled uh, Sitcom Starring uh, Two Avengers with... Here's all of the story that's happening in the outside world. Yes, this is the Flasher episode, I guess, where a lot is revealed to the <laughs> <Everything> audience. is exposed. <laughs> I like it, John. I like it. Did not know where you were going with that one. All right. <laughs> so let's get into our top five points, guys. Uh, point number one, really. Let's talk about Monica Rambeau. Uh, anybody who did listen to our uh, our kind of spoiler, spoiler section last week, we didn't want to talk about this character's name because it had been revealed in press stuff. It had been revealed in the interviews with the actress who plays the character of Geraldine in the first three episodes. But because they hadn't revealed it on the show, we didn't want to spoil the reveal for anybody. Well, even being involved in that, I'm like, what? Geraldine's actually Monica Rambeau. <laughs> what? <laughs> you knew this, I John. Did. Don't lie to the defenders. I'm just being silly. <laughs> but we have this great opening to the episode, something we've not seen in the MCU before, a character returning from after this snap that happened in uh, Avengers Infinity War, where Thanos snapped away half of the universe. 
and then they all return during Avengers Endgame. We haven't actually seen anybody return in this way before. Uh, we had um, Spider-Man Far From Home, where they had the aftermath of everybody returning. But I think in the scenes we saw in that movie, what, what we saw was very quickly uh, people just returning, uh, but not in this way, where we have them reforming like they were uh, like they were coming back from the dust. What do you guys think of this way of showing Monica Rambeau's return to the world? I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. It was just it, Absolutely. it was the re- the reversing of mm-hmm. the snapping. Yes, uh, the, I've got the unblipping was, or the undusting. Uh-huh. <laughs> the undusting, I like that. It, it's kind of like you know, you're just you, you're. It, it was great. Like the, the audio and visual aspects of her coming back were fantastic. Like you hear Carol Danvers' voice mm-hmm. from when she was a kid from the original Captain Marvel movie. As she's kind of forming back, calling her like what Lieutenant Trouble, and just kind of reigniting. Okay, yeah, no, she's Monica Rambeau. Like, in case you missed it, here she is. And I was like, they probably could have done a couple of flashbacks, and it would have been even quicker. But mm-hmm. no, it was great. It, it was, yeah. And then just the 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 confusion in this whole area. Like within a very quick scene, we see we get the mum's dead. Like. It's been the five years. Mm-hmm. She's been in hospital. It, it was a quickening. You see other people just rushing it. Like, it was just that... It was very well told. In yeah. My yeah. yeah. It was really cool. I must say, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was kind of half expecting someone to unblip inside someone else, and it sort of turned into the thing or something <laughs> like that, that we yeah. had this kind of sort of weird sort of um, merging of people. I thought that would have been really interesting, but I guess that's not the Marvel thing to do. That may be a little too horror. Well, I do remember that kind of discussion that was going on in Endgame where they were talking about that. You know, they had, you know, half the world has disappeared. What if you're walking down the street and somebody, you know, appears where they were five years ago? Of course, you're going to merge with them. But I think Feige at the time had this little explanation that um, when the choice was made to unblip people or to un- unsnap them that of course they were going to say everybody comes back safely um, is, the, <laughs> is what they're actually wishing for let's say when they're doing their snap for using all of these powers they're going to make that decision they're not going to put people uh, in a plane that was in the air effectively um, and then yeah. suddenly they drop to the ground they're going to put them in a safe position so like like you saw you know when one person appears in a chair in the room beside a bed um, well, what if somebody had been sitting in that chair looking over the person that was in the bed? You know, they would merge, yes. So uh, so I kind of like that they, they do show that there is confusion. You know, Monica walks into somebody that appears just right in front of her, which is a cool scene. It's, it, it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yes, it is the Marvel Universe. You're probably not going to have thing-style monsters being created from this. <laughs> well, I was thinking more people who have taken the hospital bed and maybe are flat out and can't move. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is kind of the, these particles fall over them and they're kind of like you hear the heart monitor going faster and faster and faster but maybe they just do a pylon or something because they f- they just fall on top of them i think they'd probably put them on slightly a different part of the room or something yeah, like that maybe. would be the, the way they do it uh, as, as my guess but again this is that the writers of endgame said and feige kind of confirmed that they weren't going to go down the road of uh, of uh, that kind of body horror uh, in, in the marvel universe Let's talk a bit more about about Monica herself. Uh, Chris, do you want to uh, talk about where she is, who who she was? Now we know a bit more of adult Monica here. Okay, uh, so very quickly, the the character herself is Monica Rambeau. We last saw her in the MCU as a child in Captain Marvel with her mother, 
um, who is was the co-pilot uh, or the the wingman for Captain Marvel, Carol yes. Danvers. Yes. Um, it turns out that everything continued on. She became Lieutenant Trouble. She followed her mother into the service uh, as uh, Monica Rambeau. Her mother uh, formed Sword, yes, which in um, this uh, universe is the Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Department. Hmm. Um, which is slightly different from the the comic books, which is the Sentient World Observation and Response Department. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they were originally formed based on what we're hearing to monitor uh, the things in the sky, the things in space that go bump in the night, the good, the bad. Um, but are now focused on AI and other types of types of issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problems on Earth, because mm-hmm. obviously that's where all the problems are. We can make assumptions based on the film of Captain Marvel that S.W.O.R.D. was uh, set up because uh, Monica's mother was what, aware of the Kree and the Skrulls and yeah. the things of, that took part in the 90s. She was in space at the end of Captain Marvel, the film. So mm-hmm. there is going to be some ass- assumptions that, that that's kind of why. Yeah. Why sword was there? It was there as that kind of we make the joke and we're not going to use it anymore. The shield of space. They were the mm. the kind of response department for what happened in space yes. for extraterrestrial kind of potential. They were observing what's going on on the world and beyond. More it's than fu- beyond. it's funny you say that because yeah, sword aka shield in space mm. but i guess because they've had their wings clipped the more terrestrial bound because no one's applying for the space program because of the blip and so it's more just on robotics and i kind of was thinking well they're kind of not really in space so <laughs> aka they're they're really just the new shield <laughs> uh, and maybe that dr tyler haywood is the um nick fury in space and hence He's now just the new Nick Fury. Yeah, not really. Not really. <laughs> what do you think about that, Derek? Nick Fury's still out there. I will concede <laughs> there is a wonderful connection between uh, Shield and Sword in this universe. Yay! Though. I love this. Uh, Peggy Carter set up Shield. She was the original uh, person yep. who set up Shield, and now we have um, Maria Rambeau being the one that set up Sword. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so two wonderful female uh, characters in this universe, real strong characters in this universe that set up these two different organizations, uh, completely different organizations focused on completely different things. One thing that Monica says to uh to the to the acting director which i thought was quite interesting uh when he gives her the new uh, acronym for sword and um, she says oh you've oh there's no creation involved anymore so they're not focusing on creating weapons they're now focusing on monitoring and assessing threats effectively and that's understandable c- given what's happened with the extraterrestrial threat that was thanos in the in the movies and uh, uh, the forces that attacked earth this is now an organization that used to go out and explore the universe kind of star trek like i suppose um and now they're focused on looking at threats from uh, from aliens uh, coming to earth and what they can do to, to form some kind of defense and response i suppose so i just thought it was interesting that it that it's a complete change over the previous 5 years from what happened uh, what yeah. it was like before monica yeah. disappeared and it kind of relates back to iron man's about this this shield around the the planet uh, but in this case they're kind of a you know a monitoring station yeah. to, for that protection um, yeah. yeah, I used to be in Sword as well. You used to live in Swords, John. Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, so ah, it's a place okay. in Dublin in Ireland. It's not an organisation, though. No, exactly. <laughs> it could. Well, be. I like to think it is now. Yeah. Uh, I'll very quickly just jump in and uh, 
kind of finish off about Monica before we get to Westview, which is what I do like is the fact that they use her as part of the snap mm-hmm. helps yeah. explain the age, which is fantastic. Yep. Because yep. basically they they can take away those five years. And that's something I just did not think about going forward for a lot of the the MCU, which is that's how they can explain maybe why one character is older and one character is younger and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 which is, oh, yeah, they, these this person disappeared for five years. And they yep. came back, so five years just never happened for them. So in the in the in Captain Marvel, which was set in the nineties, she was six, seven, eight, nine. She was like somewhere kind of, around there. Somewhere yeah. around there. I'm not good at telling the 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 age of children until I cut off one of their arms and count the rings. Okay, don't um, do that, Chris. Oh, is that <laughs> not how you do it? Not everyone's Groot. <laughs> no, you you usually just ask. Uh, and, and right. see that's what they probably say. why I'm not allowed to go to like uh, children's farms yep. anymore. Yeah. Yep. Um, Most people are. I am not Groot. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Yeah. But it was it was a very interesting way of doing it. But she's grounded, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, because they just basically are need to observe better the people who have come back to make mm-hmm. sure there's no PTSD or anything like that. So she's grounded. She's given a task to a missing persons report uh, to work with the FBI. So we do see her like very shortly then arrive in Westview or where Westview should be. And mm-hmm. we meet uh, the one and only Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo, another returning character from uh, from the MCU. And we yeah. will move on to our point number two, really, because uh, I want to talk about Jimmy Woo and uh, the other characters that are in here from other movies. This episode of the show does ask you to know and remember lots of characters from the MCU. I was going through how many movies are kind of referenced from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was basically six different MCU movies, some of them bigger than, and, and some of them that landed bigger and some of them that some people haven't seen, you know. So you've got to, you've got to have known what happened in Avengers Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor and Thor the Dark World to know what's going on with all these characters. But really cool. We'll go on to, as I say, point number two about Jimmy Woo and Darcy being included in this world. Uh, Monica coming up and meeting Jimmy Woo, a character that was in the FBI, was following and, and monitoring um, Ant-Man in being under lockdown in his house uh, back in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I love the little touches that they have to reference who he was back at Ant-Man of the Wasp, that little flourish where he shows his business card to Monica Rambeau and he's using the sleight of hand that he learned from Scott Lang in our in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was a running joke that uh, that while under lockdown, Scott Lang had learned all this magic and that, uh, that Jimmy Woo wanted to learn it from him. So little touches there. There's a, a touch about the fact that he's not very good with children, even though he does want some, which is a, a running joke that he had in that movie as well. So great to have this character back in the show. And I must say that moment with Monica and himself standing, looking on Westview and trying to figure out the uh, figure out what's going on it really felt a bit X Files. It felt like X oh, yeah. Files in the MCU. I definitely got that vibe. I, I thought this has a really nice X Files vibe to um, to the whole episode, mm. um, and I think just you know I really liked um, for sure just with the drone. At least uh, you know the the toy or what we thought was the toy helicopter mm-hmm. uh, in episode two um, is. A, a sword drone and yeah. um, that was pretty good and i i loved the effect of monica walking up to that energy field and it just being only barely visible and um, i guess that explains the floodlighting um from mm-hmm. the last episode to yeah. really sort of 
make it pop, shall Absolutely. we say? Um, and as, as Chris said last episode, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so this 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 was really really good, and of course, um, she gets sucked in, and hence this whole um investigation then with sword, but also with FBI, with army, with navy, with air force, a whole range of different agencies uh, at this site. Um, and I think for me, I loved the interaction of Jimmy Woo and. Darcy, mm-hmm. I like. I love Darcy anyway. Um, I loved her from Thor, uh, but I, I, I just love her little deductions from um the conversations that she has. You know, like with the chemical engineer. So you're a Boy Scout leader, um, and you know it's classified, so you know nothing. It's just she's really got really nice sense of just picking out the the empty space in the conversation uh, i really really love that and then as her and, and agent Wu are together it's just watching the sitcom is is you know really good she's just there going i'm invested now you know yeah. as the babies come and <laughs> oh. Oh, all this kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. uh, really really good it was a nice little touch i thought mm-hmm. between these two characters uh, Darcy for me has always been one of the more than even more than Jimmy Woo is the, the supporting character that I've always fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat Dennings brings a character to life when uh, the army sergeant comes up and goes, uh, "Miss Lewis, yes. Doctor Lewis." Just that, that, that yeah. and that was one of the best moments for me. Yeah, but isn't that also a call out to the fact that she has now got her doctorate? Because yes. back in Thor: The Dark World, uh, Jane Foster was the doctor, and she was the intern. Sorry, she was the helper. Uh, was working alongside yeah, her, and there student. was and there was an intern that worked alongside Darcy. But I don't think she'd actually achieved her doctorate. So this is saying in the last whatever it is, seven or eight years since, maybe even ten years since Thor The Dark, Dark World, she's gone on to pursue this doctorate in astrophysics. Yeah, um, she was a yeah, post-grad. Cool. It's a post-grad, exactly. Yeah, that was so. it, yes, and, actually, sorry. Yeah, well, so. there's the other thing as well where, you know, she's watching the sitcom and she makes the observation that Wanda is going into the kitchen every episode washing the dishes mm-hmm. and she just goes, barf. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. oh my goodness. Like, the, like, she's invested in the sitcom, but she's seeing all the stereotypes that, you know, or the expectation on um, the ladies of the house, I guess, yeah. at that time. So, But that's I, an interesting I reference really in like... itself, though, because we, uh, we've we only seen one episode set in the 50s with that style of household, and then one episode set in the 60s, and then the episode in the 70s. And what Darcy seems to be calling out is that there are multiple episodes, so that she's seen more than one episode of this version of the sitcom so it's not just the three episodes that we've seen in the last three episodes of wandavision there may be more that that they've seen of the uh, interaction between these characters i think we'll talk about a little bit in a second but um i think we see a couple of those moments in scenes that we haven't seen in the episodes that were broadcast let's say and well there's the great line you know the universe has created a sitcom with two avengers Mm -hmm. um and and we also see you know another kind of just Little explanation is it is Dr. Darcy, who is the lady in episode one that's making the notes yes. on yes. Um, the, the sitcom. Which was, so I, I liked all these little reveals and it was nice. Yep. And also, of course, it's it's Jimmy Wood that makes the call to, uh, to yes. Darcy. We can have that confirmed because we see exactly what happens in there. Um, 
And he's not as informed as we probably thought uh, when we were trying to work out what that call meant uh, in episode two of the of WandaVision. He's not as informed as we thought. He thought we thought he had more information. What he was actually calling in to go is what's going on, <laughs> and that's kind of all the call was. Hey, Wanda, could you tell me what's going on? Because I don't really know what's going on here. Uh, who's doing this to you? Not because he knew anything. It's because he had no idea at the time what was happening. Yes. I think I look we'll, we'll kind of start to move forward but I think one of the the key aspects of this is that it's all coming together and it's like mm-hmm. it's perfect it's that we were answering a, a hundred questions for you but you know what we're going to give you 500 more <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of we're starting to see all these little bit threads kind of be pulled but at the same time be answered like the helicopter yeah we now know that was the drone uh, we also do know that in the MCU, if you come up to an invisible barrier of made of energy, you do not put your hand in it and touch it and <laughs> kind of push it forward. Like, no, yeah. that's not what you do. Yeah, I kind of like. I kind of like that. That's that actually plays out in, the, in this episode as well, Chris, because it's Monica that goes up, puts her hand in, and disappears. Nobody else does that in yeah. the entire episode. So they're like, we've learned our lesson now. Nobody else go up and touch that barrier. <laughs> Let's put a fence around it. Nobody goes in unless we tell them to, like the mission that's sent yeah. in uh, by sword. So, yeah. Very quickly. Did the two cops vanish? No, they just drove away. They just drove I away. know, but they, I didn't, we didn't see the car do a U-turn because the car was facing the energy barrier, Right. It was facing so the the uh, in front of the sign. It's yep. the the yeah, the the, the, the car, there are two cars parked. Yep. It was parked facing the sign, which was facing like behind or in front of the energy barrier. Right. So we didn't see them do a turnabout. We didn't see them do a three point turn. Like it, it'll be a deleted scene, Chris. I'm hoping so because <laughs> I, what I was really wondering is that they were like. Oh no, we just lost two people. Oops. No, I, I, I think they got out of there safely. Yeah. I do, I do love that reaction from Monica when she's looking at the sign for Westview and going, "So where's Westview?" And they go, "No, that town doesn't exist." And she's like, "Westview, New Jersey." Looking at the sign, and these two cops are going, "No, no, that doesn't exist. We're from." But where East are you from? You. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you gotta I, remember I love... North and South View are around there, just around there too. It probably, yeah. But I love as well. Then the, I guess moving on to point three, that the the whole inve- investigation is coming from Darcy finding these broadcast frequency radio waves mm-hmm. and this universe sitcom uh, that has just been created, and that it all becomes about trying to identify the people stuck in Westview. Um, that, you know, it went from a missing person, uh, someone in witness protection, mm-hmm. to a missing town and a whole rake of people who were being kept within this town uh, against, well, assu- assuming they're being held against their will. Mm-hmm. And I guess that connects to what we saw with with Herb in, in the last episode, where yeah. um, he's trying to articulate um, the situation that they find themselves in. But um, it's a really great little montage as they go through um, identifying the different people stuck in, in Westview, like yeah. the Hearts and, and Herb. Uh, and all of that, mm-hmm. and uh, but starting to do it almost like a, a cast call 
um, in, in a production. Was anybody um, getting like was sa- really Saturday Night Live vibes where, you know, yeah. it's like, and the hearts played by Todd and Sharon Davis. You know, yeah. it's like, it, everybody getting called out. Uh, Abelash Tandon uh, plays Norm, you know, and they start to even say it. They, they're starting to say as and plays uh, when they're, uh, when they're putting the people up on the board. I suppose there's some interesting things and we'll definitely talk about these, but one of the things I definitely caught was every single person that's been identified has their, I think it's a license or at least their identification from New Jersey. So everybody that's there probably is from Westview. It's from the yeah. town. Everybody that's been identified is up there. Um, the other thing that I think needs to be called out is that Jimmy Wu is trying to find the person that was, that was supposed to be in the witness protection program identified as male in the conversation between himself and, uh, and Monica when she arrives. Um, and he never calls out again that he's found that person. So we don't know what's happened to the person that was in Westview that Jimmy Wu was supposed to be trying to find, I suppose. Yes. Well, and he, he says he has, you know, they've contacted all uh, that person's associates and relatives and they don't remember him. Yeah. Like, so again, there's the whole selective amnesia that's mentioned at the start by uh, Monica with the, the two sheriffs. Uh, and then it's, it seems like this is also happening to the associates and relatives of this witness protection uh, person. So yeah. again, that's really interesting. Who is the person in witness protection? It's at least identified as a, as a man. Definitely. By, yeah. by Jimmy Wu. Yeah. But possibly if they're in Westview and the manipulation that Wanda is doing, they could be formed as, um, someone else, yeah. um, as a, a different person, different gender, uh, different race. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah. It, it, that's kind of interesting. And as well, the other thing is that on, just following on from the ID. Yeah. The only person that I saw that didn't have an ID was Agnes. Uh, there is a picture of Agnes, but with no ID. Yes, from the first episode, I think. And then they yeah. do mention Dottie yeah. appearing in the second episode as a new character. I think Darcy references, hang on a second, there's somebody brand new here in the show. So uh, so those two characters, Agnes and Dottie, there's no information about who they are. They've been looking looking for everybody in the show here. Everybody else seems to have been identified that we've yeah. seen, but those two haven't. Personally, I think the person in the witness protection may be introduced as a later episode because we did know back in those days, the 60s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, sitcoms cast were typically quite small. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then as you got into the 80s and 90s and the early noughties, um, they, they did expand out. So mm-hmm. potentially we will see this male character. Like, when he said witness protection, I was like, Scott Lang. Like, I was right. like, oh my God, this would be great. Cause Scott Lang was in, it was in under custody in, was, uh, yeah. the, in the second one. So I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Or it was going to be one of the other characters from the Ant-Man universe. Right. Like, right. I was like, it's going to be one of the, his gang. Right. The former criminals that set up the security business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I I'm I'm I was hoping potentially it's going to be one of those and it would be a nice kind of pop up later mm-hmm. kind of like hey they moved them from San Francisco to Jersey cuz like they're in it's witness, witness protection, protection now yeah. 
Um, I think that would be a good thing. I think that the, the rationale as to why Agnes and Dottie are not on there will be explained. Yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. it's going to be explained because they are bigger and deeper characters than what we expect. Yes. We've already seen the two of them have major interactions with Wanda. Uh, both of them in the first episode and second episode have major interactions with Wanda. So there's something, there's definitely something different yeah. about those two versus everybody else. And, and Agnes is very clued in yeah. with the situation yeah. around, um, Geraldine as she was before yeah. Yeah. this episode. And also, um, you know, in terms of directing and, and trying to influence Herb in terms of like yeah. stop talking. So like she, yeah, she's got a, a really important role here. Yeah. I, I think one of the core parts about Dottie, which we weren't sure of, which is that Agnes does say Dottie runs everything around her. Mm-hmm. She's in control. So I think that's where we will find that Dottie has a, is a larger player and it wasn't just a something. But we'll see. That's kind yeah. of, it's the investigation. It's the fun part of it. I, th- yeah. I think as well, the interesting thing about Dottie um, and just moving us on to point four the the missing footage is that that scene in episode two where Dottie has cut her hand and mm-hmm. it, it's red blood and as Darcy is watching that you see a jump which you didn't see during episode two so exactly. from us as an audience watching that at the time we we don't see that jump in the same way that 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 Darcy spots for the first time, realizing that there's some issue with that broadcast, yeah. it, that, that it's being reset or, or, uh, or modified, um, by, I guess at the moment, Wanda. Um, so I thought that was really good. And we have then a, a few more points of missing footage that we see then coming through uh, as Darcy and Agent Wu are watching um the the sitcom yeah um and I think uh you know the big one is that alternate interaction between Wanda and Monica that we yes. got at the la- at the end um of episode three where it's just the blank space within the sitcom and we don't see it in episode three, but were and uh, we see Wanda's powers um, as we know them from the MCU. Absolutely, uh, the, yeah. the the red um, the red energy around her hands, uh, and um, you know, you're not my neighbor, you're not my friend, you're a stranger. I want you to leave. And I thought that was really really cool, just the way she flies through and and out. And I, I guess this is the one of the she things... She flies through the multiple walls, taking yeah. every bit of it with her, and then Wanda restructuring re, uh, everything and putting it all back yeah. together again, exactly like with the powers that we've seen from Wanda in the movies before. So I think we had this kind of theory last week that she's in this world and she's using magical powers that are similar to the TV shows that she's referencing and also similar to the stones. So similar to the powers, like the changing of time, that kind of stuff. Here in this scene, it really does feel like these are Wanda's powers, the ones that we've seen outside of this uh, this TV universe, I suppose. So uh, so I thought that was quite interesting that she's not using any any different powers than we've seen her use before when she's come back to herself, when she's real, when she kind of, realize that Monica can't possibly be a person from this world. Yeah, I think that's going to be the interesting yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's just an assumption, but it's the fact that when Monica passes through that energy field, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming a bit like with um, Agent Franklin in the hazmat suit, that she, as she passed through, she 
got her new getup that fitted the the world that yeah. is being generated um in in Westview. Mm. Um so so we see um she's she's in her clothes but as she comes out it's certainly it's not reversed as such she's still lying on the ground with her fish um you know her fish print uh <laughs> trousers yep. and she's yep. She's still in that kind of character. Yeah. And remember, remember also, Monica has had three different outfits that we've seen yeah. her wear in the show as well. So it's not just passing through the barrier that gave her new clothes. Episode two, she had the outfit that she's wearing at the at the swimming pool. Um, we see Darcy look at a, a scene where she's sitting on a bench in episode one, which we didn't see before, uh, but she's wearing a different outfit. And then episode three, she's in her 70s gear with the brand new haircut. So so it's not just walking through the bar- barrier. She's getting this change of clothes every day as the whole program changes to 50s, 60s, 70s as well. But you're right, as she comes back out through the barrier, she keeps those clothes. So she doesn't go back to the outfit that she was wearing before she uh, jumped back in. She's lost her sword outfit. Yeah. Unfortunately. I wonder what Which that... sounds so cool. Uh-huh. I, wonder... I want a sword outfit. <laughs> I wonder will HR get on to her about that. Oh, yeah. No, she'll have to pay the deductible. Like, it'll be <laughs> deducted slowly from her next paycheck. And, you know. Probably. Yeah. I, th- I think the other big thing here is we see the real vision and yes, um, do the, yeah. the 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 vision that is dead is in black and white and with the mind stone removed um from um from his forehead mm-hmm. plucked by by thanos uh, which i always thought is a great scene just the way his kind of cigar fingers go in and, and pluck it out from his head and mm-hmm. um, so yeah that that is the other really interesting aspect here that um Wanda sees the real vision uh, yeah. in that way yeah. and immediately covers it up. So yeah. that is also very interesting. It's massive. Moving yeah, it's, forward. it's massive because it, it, you know, Darcy even says from the beginning of this episode when she arrives, like, hang on a second, he's actual dead. He's not yeah. snapped away or anything like that. Yeah. And everybody else knows this, that he's gone, he's dead. And Wanda sees it for a split second in here. Yeah. So I'm going to quickly jump in on this. Uh-huh. So there is a rumor um, within us nerds uh, who who like to deep dive in a lot of this that uh, Endgame had a uh, deleted scene at the end um, that basically showed Wanda taking Vision's body um, with her. Uh, so rumor, we don't know if it's true or not. It's just apparently some some people have said they saw this scene. I I don't even think that's a rumor. I think Paul Bettany said that that was filmed uh, and just wasn't in the movie. Okay, so there you go. Perfect. Now maybe we know why it wasn't used in the film. Mm -hmm. Maybe for time, but additionally, they they filmed it. They we may see this later because we what we may see is Wanda taking the body and going to Westview. Yeah, absolutely. Like with this to have her funeral, to have her moment, or cathartic. Whatever, it's like the, the psychiatric session that she needs with this uh, alone body time. Uh, and that's basically, it is wi- vision? Vision. Vision. There you go. It's a vision. <laughs> vision, this actually is his body being mm-hmm. reanimated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I think almost a reference to Ultron here for me, but I think it's not. I think it's almost like she's puppeteering the dead body of vision uh, in a way uh, it's like you know it's that, difficult that thing, to yeah. know isn't it it's kind of be- because in that moment where she's 
you know, I guess has let her guard down and yeah. she looks up and sees um dead vision mm-hmm. and imme- and does her hand and he he comes back with uh, you know without in, in his color and a, and alive mm-hmm. um then it, it's a sense that is she controlling him um in that way i think the other interesting thing is you know vision we we said at the end of episode 3 seemed like he was becoming sentient yes um and that you know, he, he, he recognizes something weird has gone on. And he, he says to, to Wanda, we can go wherever we want to. And she is quite clear. No, we can't. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, so two things on that. Is it because Wanda, it, this is where she wants to do it in terms of her reality? Or is it that, you know, that suggests she understands that maybe there's something holding her here and um, that it is something additional here um to to just simply wander being in control that we hear from um monica when she's when she lands after being chucked through yeah. the energy field that she goes it's all wander but is it yeah. given that wander seems to be of the mind that this is where we're staying and is it because she's just you know pretty stubborn and hard-headed and we're not going to move or is it because she herself is maybe trapped again you know there's potential questions around agnes what her role is yeah. what she might be doing and um, so i think there's some really interesting stuff that's going to come out moving forward uh, i just um, wonder like you have those two questions i think the third question is, is is it just she can't leave here or vision dies like that's the trap yeah. that vision is vision is held in here he's alive for her in this environment which is replicating some fun times that she had maybe watching American sitcoms when she was in Sokovia, you know, is that what she's doing in here so that she can have this perfect life with vision and things are starting to creep in and ruin that perfect life. Yeah. I yeah. use an in inverted commas there. But even with um, vision, because once she's put him back to the way she wants to see him, yeah. um, you see an, an unsettled, uneasy vision as they sit back down on the sofa to watch TV with the the newborn baby. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, his eyes are flitting all over the place. As he turns to wander, he's all smiles. And again, turns back away. It's mm-hmm. all kind of uneasiness and um, being projected on, on vision's face. Yeah. So, and we saw that even back in episode one, that scene where yeah. it pulls back out to see Darcy uh, monitoring them. Now we know that, um, that scene where the two of them are staring at the camera, they both look really uneasy and then they kind of turn on the smiles for the camera as as it pans out and closes yes. that episode, yeah. I suppose. So so there's definitely something different about Vision. You're right. There I, is something else there. I'm going to be really crazy here, but <laughs> is Vision the person in witness protection? Maybe. Like, I don't know. I have not really any basis for saying that other than we know it's a a, a man. Yeah. From, from Jimmy Woo. We're saying that possibly it could be someone else and that's why they haven't really found him yet. And I, I guess, you know, they know that Vision and Wanda are there. So Jimmy hasn't said anything, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe it's just hiding in plain sight yeah. or, um, there's someone, as you say, that we've just not been introduced to yet. Yeah. Yeah, but that is one of the many questions we don't have an answer to. Exactly. So I think let's move that on to our final point of this which is what do we know and what do we not know so i'm trying to say boys really is what do we know and what do we not know 
about what we know and what we don't know. <laughs> well, there were loads of answers given in here. Definitely really, really liked that overall. I did. I really wanted to get a glimpse of the board that Jimmy Wu has up uh, and all the questions he had on there. There are two things I picked out from the whiteboard that weren't called out in the episode. He had the same question that you had, Chris. Um, what about what is it about all the hexagonals in this universe? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? It's an interesting question because we kind of noticed a little bit from the credits and that kind of thing, but no particular thing so far to explain what that is. But what I did like, the question that he had was, is this all scrolls? Uh, which I thought was really good. That's a reference to Captain Marvel because, remember, this agency was set up by Maria Rambeau who had, had encountered scrolls taking uh, taking on the forms of other people around her. So, of course, that would be one of the things she would always monitor for. Could it be scrolls? That would be kind of the basis of every analysis that's done by S.W.O.R.D. I know, um, obviously, Jimmy Woo is a member of the FBI, but he's working with S.W.O.R.D. here in this in this environment. But I just thought that was like, yeah, make sure that's a question we ask from now on. Could yeah. this be scrolls? <laughs> that the, is the true. One, the one final thing that we did find out that we didn't know before, which was the actual force field, the energy field, is a hexagonal. Yeah. It's a hexagon as yes. well, yeah. around the town. Yeah. And of course, like silly old john did try to see if there was anything explore this and i i guess there's loads of theories on on the hexagonal Mm. uh, from yeah as you say chris the 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 form of this energy field is in hexagonal and we have the hexagons at the start of the sitcom there is the whole reference to um agent franklin going through and becoming a beekeeper with the hexagonal structures of of bees right um but yeah there's quite a lot of different theories i mean we mentioned about aim um at, in episode two when we see the beekeeper coming out of the sewer yeah um the, but it turns out he's sword so the, yeah. but he's sword another one was a loose reference to the fact that wanda's hex powers um and so uh, there's a manifestation of the powers you see that that to be said is like someone searched a dictionary and gone hex hexagonal well that's exactly. not what power she has exactly. hex powers are to do with a witch exactly <laughs> hexagonal powers would be something that turns things into a certain shape <laughs> and I guess the other one, which possibly ties in, and again, I don't really have any basis for this, so this is pure wishful thinking. I'm not sure about this one, John. No, I, I'm not either, And but there's references to hexagonals uh, and so on to then Mephisto, which is a big bad of Doctor Strange, and we know this is connected in there, and with House of M, the, the, the twins have a part or a fragment it's very voldemort um of the the soul of um mephisto okay this is marvel comics version of the devil is effectively mephisto. he's been used in so many stories over the last uh, 10 years i would be really surprised if mephisto didn't appear in the mcu at some point but i'm not sure we have any way enough information in the first four episodes to say that this is going to be anything other than I you know, agree. some regular villain manipulating Wanda or Wanda just trying to protect this perfect life that she has. I do feel some of these things when I, when I see the, uh, the, uh, ideas that people have on the internet of what could possibly come up. I think people are throwing everything at the wall and then trying I to agree. make it fit, especially these these hexagonals. What could they mean? Oh, Mephisto apparently was drawn in a hexagonal once. <laughs> well, I know. Well, <laughs> it was some weird thing. But I, I, as I say, I'm not entirely, I'm not certainly not convinced by that. And even if it were to pan out that way, mm-hmm. it's not going to be Mephisto in this, I don't think. That would be held to the, one of the movies. So it could be an agent of... 
so like you know I'm, I'm for me as well i'm trying to see those connections with the multiverse of madness you know doctor strange film two and within that realm shall mm-hmm. we say um it you know nightmare has been um flagged as one of the potential um antagonists to to doctor strange who yes. um you know, Nightmare rides on a horse, is, is the master of the, the dream realm, uh, and causes nightmares for people, um, effectively locks them away in their own dreams. Or um, nightmares. Or yes. nightmares, exactly. <laughs> yes. And so possibly, you know, this could be what Wanda is experiencing. But I, I think the big thing is still, given what Wanda said at the end, with, like we can't go wherever we want to in mm-hmm. response to vision. Is she controlling this or is she herself being controlled? I, I guess that's something that I still need to see. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. More, more one division on. Exactly. Yeah. We've got five more episodes to go of the series. Uh, I, I wonder if it's just that monkey paw effect, as we talked about yeah. before. She she made a wish to bring Vision back. Vision's back. And now she's trapped here or else Vision is gone again. Is it something yeah. like that? Um just wanted to call out in this section of the things we don't know. What The thing we don't know, what happened to the beekeeper? Um, he arrived, Wanda said no. Do we know whether he was pushed back out into the world? Do we know whether he just disappeared and is never seen again? Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that we didn't see what happened to him. We've actually, This episode really did focus on all the things that we uh, had kind of seen bits of and had theories about. And here's the answer. Beekeeper arrives and then we never see him again or never hear from him again. So we do know there was about a thousand something people in this town. So, uh, based on the board. 3,892. Um, that go. was going to be John's question uh, for this week's uh, pub quiz. <laughs> That's the anyway. Okay. Luckily, <laughs> I should, I, I'm going to pull that up. Not anymore. Um, but yeah, so we do know there was a lot of people in this town. So, that being said, I think it's now they're all background characters, actors. Right. Like, they're not even supporting characters. They're just background actors. I think as the as the episodes of sitcoms start to expand into the 70s and 80s and, and 90s and, and on, you're right, Chris. I think the, the background, the amount of background actors that are needed to make it look realistic as these shows yeah. go from a format where they're filmed in front of a live studio audience on one set to things like Friends, which went outdoors a lot and had, you know, crowds of people sometimes uh, in those episodes. You probably need background actors to fill up those yeah uh, so yeah that's a good a good uh, way out that they have there's 3900 people that can fill up uh, <laughs> these kind of shows in the future uh definitely uh, anything else you want to call out about the episode before we move on to defense and feedback yeah the one thing i do want to i would love to know i guess i could only check for the end of episode three is at the end of episode three was the westview sign was it just 3890 mm. people and now we've got the twins um it's added two onto it Maybe. You know, does that kind of rock on up kind of is that part of the illusion i don't know maybe be, that maybe would be a good one like though uh, interesting idea. <laughs> i'd probably not i just thought Maybe the two is yeah, <laughs> kind of like, how many days has Westview gone without incident? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to call out was just some of the lines from the episode. I have to say, this is probably my favorite uh, comedy lines. These Remember, the first three episodes were supposed to be sitcoms from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. yeah. This episode, while it's not set in TV sitcom land, we do have lots of sitcom banter that's going on, particularly with Darcy and with uh, with Jimmy Woo. I love that moment when Jimmy's asked, uh, what about you from Monica? And he goes, um, 
Oh well, some kids grew up uh, grew up with posters of uh, of famous singers and actors on the wall. I grew up with the poster of Elliot Ness, and he's completely misunderstood the question from uh, from Monica. He wanted she wanted to know why he can see Westview and nobody else can. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. The the great line from Darcy where she's looking and and investigating everything that's going on with the sitcom, and she's going, "Why did you change time periods? It can't just be from my enjoyment." <laughs> and she's getting more and more invested in the show. I so. Even though this isn't based in the 80s sitcom that we thought it was going to yes. be last week, I genuinely think there are still sitcom elements of this episode with, with those comedy characters that are pulled out from the MCU. Well, I love the bag of crisps gag and the babies, <laughs> you know, where she's that we see them with the newborn babies, the twins, mm-hmm. and she goes, do you want one? And Jimmy Woo goes into a big, long spiel yeah. about wanting little woos, yeah. um, which I thought was very cute. <laughs> Jimmy and Woo Jr. Goes, with a little baby <laughs> FBI badge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she goes, no, do you want to Chris, yep. you know, uh, I liked. It's good. It's good. The writing on this is just amazing. It yeah, really, really, is. really good. The one thing I'll, I'll I'll close on is, yep, we they've changed the aspect ratio again, so mm-hmm. it looks like we're going back next episode to one division. The episodes from an internal perspective, with maybe the aspect ratio changing in and out going forward, it'll be great. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping as we go into the rest of the show now that we've explored the outside world and kind of seen how the MCU is in what's it 2024 now in this universe because it's five years on from Infinity War uh it's roughly that about 2023 2024 but we've seen this world now we've seen how the world exists post blip with the return of all the people uh so I'm I'm hoping that for the rest of the series now we may see some bits of sitcom in the 80s 90s and onwards and we'll see the outside world the investigation that's going on I'm hoping that they'll they'll use that as we go on uh throughout the episodes with that all of our discussion points for the episode all of our extra notes gentlemen let's get on to our defense Chris do you defend one division episode four we interrupt this program I am uh, I'm back. I'm 100% back. This is exactly what I wanted on the show. This is the show I wanted. This is the MCU show I wanted. This is, it's reinvested me 100% because now I have everything. I have more questions answered. It's well done. It's well produced. It is essentially an MCU film on TV. It's fantastic. Yeah. I still hold to the premise that technically I think in... For the, the premiere should have been episodes one, two, and three. And this should have been the second week. Episode four should have been the second week. They should have dropped it like that because then you've got the, the premise, the idea, the story. And then this, I think now people are more and more and more invested as you end episode four going into episode five. People have a lot of the answers. Uh, so that is my opinion. I just, I think, um, it's just, it's fantastic, I, and I'm excited to yeah. see where they go with this. Also, I just want one call-out to Meow Meow. That is all I want. One call-out <laughs> to Meow Meow from Darcy. See if, if Mjolnir's somewhere on Earth, so, just so Darcy yes. could say that, definitely. It's it's an interesting point, Chris, isn't it? Because, you know, the, the first ever MCU TV show that came on television was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., show about my favourite characters, Something like 14 million people tuned into that first episode. And by episode two, there was only 8 million people. And then onwards, all of those people dropped off and missed out on one of the best Marvel television shows that was out there. Six seasons of great characters, great stories, because they didn't want to stick past one episode of the show. Uh, I don't know whether here on Disney Plus it's going to be available as the months go on. Some people are waiting it out and going to wait and and watch all nine episodes back to back. Um, 
this is their structure. They're actually more likely trying to trying to make sure that they have content every week for Marvel fans going into uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier and Loki and all the other movies. So I think the timeline was simply, actually, we're going to put two episodes on day one because that matches up really well with the timeline for our release of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't think they were ever going to drop five episodes in a day or four episodes a day, but I'm glad you're enjoying them Thank again. You. That's that's really good. But I do think that it does speak, and this is kind of my defend, it really does speak to how Kevin Feige runs the Marvel cin- Cinematic Universe, which now incorporates these TV shows. He knows exactly the point when he's going to drop that needle on the yeah. record and tell you what you need to know. He knows exactly when audiences are getting a bit shifty in their chairs in the cinema to give them some more big drop of information and that's this is a great episode for that it is that moment where you go oh okay right now we're reset we've got all the details we want we had the mystery for a few episodes now we know what's going on now we know the investigation uh, and uh, absolutely I, I think you know and not just feige but the showrunner exactly I mean, at yeah. the end of the day she had a creative choice to make mm-hmm. as to whether you do it the sitcom 50s 60s 70s all like that or whether you intersperse that with uh, scenes from outside yep. of the um, the thing. And yeah. she made a creative choice to do it that way. And I think it works because of the length of these episodes. Yeah. At 30 minutes, um, those first three episodes are effectively, I guess, what we're so used to of hour-long um, programs that, that that's one episode in a yeah. bit, yeah. ultimately. Um, and as a reviewer said, this is almost like the first act of WandaVision. Yeah. And it is literally two episodes of what we're used to with hour-long shows. So exactly. I, I guess um, there was a creative choice to be made from the showrunner as much as Feige. And I, I think I can live with that, yeah. um, to be honest. I guess I can guess the answer then, John. Do you defend this episode of, of WandaVision? Oh, really do. Yeah, I give this four and a half cockamamie social experiments out of five. Um, Good old Jimmy Woo. Yeah, I, I, I love this. I loved Dr. Darcy Lewis. Mm-hmm. Meow, meow. Um, here. I loved her interaction with Agent Wu. I, I just loved their pitter patter all the way through this episode as they're investigating. Um, really good. I love the, the, that, that kind of missing footage, you know, really, Interesting thing from, from Darcy is that, you know, someone is censoring the broadcast and it, it comes to the point of, is it Wanda? Is it something else yes. mm-hmm. that is still a mystery? Uh, really good. I love the investigation with the board, with all, um, the different characters like, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hart, uh, and Norm and, uh, Beverly and Phil, the David Schwimmer lookalike, uh, <laughs> you know, all coming in and, but the mystery around Agnes and even Dottie. So this was really, yeah, just really, really cool. So I do defend episode four of WandaVision. Wait. Excellent. Excellent. Before we get into feedback, as usual, we have our pub quiz question for this week. Hope you're keeping track of these. If you haven't been keeping track, you can always go over to tvpodcastindustries.com slash WandaVision pub quiz. You'll find all of the pub quiz questions so far. Uh, if you enter at the end of the series, you're with the chance of getting your hands on some WandaVision Funko Pops. Yes. Courtesy of us. I'd love to say courtesy of our sponsors, Disney Plus or something, but uh, no, uh, out of our pockets. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, so episode four, question. Darcy detects colossal amounts of this acronym emanating from Westview. What is the four-letter acronym and what does it stand for? Hmm. Yes, two-part question. 
The, the acronym and what does it yes. stand for? So just to repeat that, Darcy detects colossal amounts of this acronym emanating from Westview. What is the four-letter acronym and what does it stand for? Uh, answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, mm-hmm. uh, please. And, of course, yes, you will be in with a chance for the Funko Pops, the WandaVision Funko Pops Absolutely. at the end of our coverage of WandaVision. Yep. Yep, a cutoff we said for that was the 10th of March before yep. we get into uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. Another way to get your hands on some different WandaVision Funko Pops is to send in your feedback to us. You can email us again with any feedback you have on any of the episodes to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. If we read it out in the podcast, you'll go into the draw for some other WandaVision Funko Pops. Chris, do you want to kick us off with the first piece of feedback for this week? Yes, this week we got some email, and the first email is from Maeve, who had this to say. Hey, TV Podcast Industries, amazing podcast. I love how in-depth they are because most of the things go over my head. Some cool things that I noticed while watching was, one, the baby on the right of the crib in episode three had a dark spot between his eyebrow that looks vaguely like Vision's Infinity Stone on his forehead. (laughs) Also, in episode 3, when Herb seems like he's about to tell Vision some important things, Agnes said stop it in a very similar tone to that used by Mrs. Hart when she was about to tell her husband to stop it when he was Mm. choking. That could very well be some crazy theory that I made just because I tend to overanalyze shows and TV and movies. Don't worry, mate, we do the exact same. Welcome to TV Podcast Interviews. Welcome. <laughs> uh, the last thing Maeve wanted to say was, the last thing I would like to add is something that my sister noticed. It was the colour of the characters' clothes. The two main characters of the episode three, other than Wanda, was Geraldine and Vision. Both wore cool tones with lots of blues, but the other characters wear very neutral tones. I think the blue is to contrast with Wanda's classic Scarlet theme, and the neutral tones are there to make the other actors blend into the background when they don't have a part in that episode. Thanks for listening, Maeve. No, Maeve, thank you so much for the feedback. Um, crazy theories, always good. Welcome, Absolutely. please. That's what we want. Uh, I like the idea of the colours. That does make sense that they're there to kind of blend the background actors in with neutral tones, whereas you have um, Vision and um, Geraldine wearing those blues, which kind of offset the Scarlet of Scarlet Witch. Um, definitely, definitely interesting. Thank you so much for the feedback. Uh, John, do you want to take the next email? Yeah, thanks so much, Maeve, uh, for uh, your feedback. Really good to get um, your input. And yeah, crazy theories are good. On to some email feedback. We got um, Victor Sellers. He says, hey, Derek and the lads. A few comments on episode three and four. One, episode three, where did they find a trained stork? 1A. Who trains the stork? Big budget. <laughs> Two, episode four, loved the return of Cat Dennings from Thor with the CRT TV and rabbit ears antennae. At three, I enjoyed the answered questions, but what is Wanda's motivation for all this? Is she mental or a prisoner? Yeah, great catch, Victor. I think that is the thing that we are still trying to figure out uh, and will be great to see from some of the upcoming episodes and um, for loved the closing music Jimi hendrix was the perfect closing theme to this episode again big budget hendrix's estate almost as strict as elvis's estate 
Looking forward to your podcast. Excelsior, Victor. Excelsior indeed, Victor. Yes, thanks so much for that feedback. Yeah, the budget here is really, really big. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is the most expensive TV show ever in the whole universe of TV shows. <laughs> per episode. Um, per, per episode. episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, that, really... would, that would explain the, the CGI stork um, that we saw. Yeah, exactly as Victor three. mentioned here. Yeah, who trains... A stork. Yeah. Um, CGI computers uh, trained the stork. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm totally with you. Um, I loved the return of Kat Dennings as well. Yeah. Um, she is fab. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see more Darcy in these shows. Absolutely. But genuinely, as you say, uh, Victor, the cost of getting Jimi Hendrix music into a TV show is massive. But also, remember, we've had The Monkees, we've had Beach Boys, and now Jimi Hendrix. All three of those are apparently very difficult to get the rights to to put into TV shows. So, uh, yeah, they are spending their budget, uh, no matter what. <laughs> They're making this look like an actual movie, like an MCU movie, even though it's only 30-minute TV shows. Yes, and the, the interesting, interesting part is a lot of the budget went on trying to find a, a CRTV because cathodic tubes do not—they don't just grow on trees anymore. <laughs> They're mostly in dumps, so they had to—they had to build them from scratch. They had to set up a whole <laughs> uh, a whole industry of just building CRTs yes. uh, for for the episodes. Excellent, thanks so much, Victor. Our next piece of feedback comes in from 084, who says we wanted answers. We got them. The scene at the start with Monica on snapping into complete chaos was everything I wanted and more. The episode could have been complete garbage after that, and I would still have called it a winner. But since it was decidedly not complete garbage, I'll keep talking. So many tidbits about the Rambo family and its sword origins, and I loved every second of it. I also loved how Darcy spent the last. 10 years since we've seen her following in Jane's footsteps and becoming a doctor. My little continuity loving heart has grown three sizes this day. <laughs> I don't want to over ramble, but something clear that stuck out to me is that Dottie and Agnes weren't identified by the task force in this episode. This definitely points to the Agatha and Mephisto theory for these two. Her being identified as a real person might unfortunately rule him out as being the high evolutionary. Cue sad trombone. <laughs> There's so much more I want to gush about from this episode, but I'll cut it off there. So freaking excited. Until next time, 084. Um, I'm so glad we're in territory now that isn't spoilers for future episodes because nobody's seen future episodes. Even the trailers have nothing from the future episodes. I think there maybe is one photograph from the 80s uh, that we've seen, but there's no real spoilers that, uh, that anybody can point to about any of these characters. So all of these theories about... Agatha, who Agatha Harkness from comic books. I hardly even know the character. I've seen her once in comic books. These theories about Mephisto being in the show, these are all theories based on what we've seen on the on the TV uh, from the previous episode. So we can actually talk about them. And so glad you enjoyed the episode, uh, 084. Uh, there was definitely some lovely continuity into the MCU uh, that, they, that they pulled in here. Yeah, thanks so much, 084. Um, yeah, I am so, so Darcy inspired at this stage so i i really uh i'm with you there on how darcy has become finally a, a doctor mm-hmm. um, and yeah all the sword stuff that origins is really good for me because um as i say i only really know it as um shield in space so um it's really good getting uh the the information so that i can finally agree with derek that it's not it's not shield, shield in space. space exactly um but i hope that uh, the new acting director gets an eye patch soon. He will not get an eye patch anytime soon. We also got another email from Jerry, who had this to say. Hey guys, it's Jerry again. I have some questions for you guys to think about. One, 
Where is Vision's body the five years everyone has gone? I'm going to say the ground. Two, who is missing person Jimmy Woo is looking for? We don't know. Three, do you think Wanda is the big bad? No. Jerry went on to say, there is a rebound for Mephisto. I do not think it's him. I think a lesser demon named Despair. He's a Doctor Strange villain. Guys, keep up the good. Jerry from Niceville, Florida. Jerry, thank you so much for that. Um, Yeah, as we were going along, as I said, where is Vision's body? In the ground. Two, who is Jimmy Woo looking for? We don't know. Hang on, hang on. Let's just quickly say... I do not agree that Vision's body was ever put in the ground. Um, there were members of the Avengers there after he died when everybody else uh, disappeared. Yeah. Um, in Avengers uh, Infinity War, he was being worked on in Wakanda. That's where he died. So most likely he was taken back and put into uh, into Wakanda and see if maybe they could bring him back alive. Maybe that was uh, what they were going to do. Uh, but unfortunately, they did lose both Shuri and uh, Black Panther in the snap. So neither of them able to work on him. But I think that's what happened. I don't know whether he was buried. He could have been taken to PC World for the electronics recycling. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Everyone, we do care about the Wii. We do care about the Wii. Exactly. Helping the environment. He's yeah. sentient. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> well, just I, throw them away. No, that's true. But, but you, uh, again, you're not I, throwing away. You're recycling. You're making the better for planet Earth, Mother Earth. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess with Vision, the the some of the things that that you know are connected with where he is at the moment is the fact that you know, a he, he did die. B he was downloaded by Shuri to some extent, whatever that is. Mm, uh, and and three, given the information I didn't know about that deleted scene, um, that this idea that Wanda, you know, kind of snuck into sort of a locked room to to take his body. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of stuff there that can feed into uh, what's happening now. So yeah. it, it's really, really interesting. Uh some nice stuff there, Jerry. And I I agree that I don't think it's going to be a big bad here um, in in WandaVision. It may hint towards it for sure, but it's going to be an agent of a big bad that comes up, um, whether that is Despair or or whoever else, um, I think. Um, It's certainly... Um, that they're not going to flash that far ahead in the this phase of MCU. No, I I, I personally I just don't think they they were there yet. I we've I know we've had Dormammu. It's a step too far to bring the Mephisto elements and all that in just yet. I think it's just kind of you need the Doctor Strange element in there to kind of kind of bring in like, hey, there's magic and there's demons and all these other crazy things because. We've already been told that magic is just science they don't know yet. Like, that's mm-hmm. what the explanation has been. Where you no, start that going. That was Thor. That was Thor. Okay, fine. But you. It's uh, the, energy the that they manipulate and control, and yes. that is magic, yeah. So, um, I don't think, I don't think Wanda is the big bad, but we will definitely see. Uh, gentlemen, let's move on to, uh, the old blue book that is, uh, filled <laughs> with faces. And yes, uh, Facebook. We have a load of feedback over on the big blue Facebook. So first up, we have some feedback from Ronaldo. Yo, ho, ho. I guess this is what many viewers and fans have been waiting for. I revealed too much of the mystery surrounding the first three episodes. So we definitely have Sword, Monica Rambeau, and at least some sort of confirmation that Wanda is behind it all. The world is indeed a trapped twin, and the residents are prisoners. 
mind wiped for for some by the looks of the sheriff and his deputy. This still begs the question as to how the likes of Agnes seems conscious of her predicament while others don't. It makes me intrigued as to the character of Agnes and I have to say I'm leaning more towards the notion that she is indeed a version of Agatha Harkness and somehow has an ability to counter Wanda's quote-unquote spells, it got me really excited to see Darcy, Jimmy Woo and Monica revealed. The tie alone to Captain Marvel movie has got me grinning from ear to ear. The explanations for the radio communications by Woo, the drone and the beekeeper was good. It's great to tie them all up straight away so we can keep going ahead and progress with the story. The questions I'm left with now after episode 4 are Wanda Powers. They certainly have developed since we last saw them. Sure, she is a powerful telekinetic, but how is she controlling the minds of the population? I still think there's more to it than meets the eye. And Hydra will show up their ugly head soon enough. Also, Vision visibly looked uneasy behind Wanda's back. So he too is conscious of the calamity Wanda is causing. But just who is he? Is he Vision or a scroll? Wouldn't it tied nicely in with Secret Invasion of the Skrulls as seen in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, although my partner has a, was the most confused with this episode, I'd have to defend this hands down. Enjoyment factor was 10 out of 10, and although we kind of ended where episode 3 ended, we got a lot more insight into what really is happening. It just makes me peachy keen for the episodes ahead. <laughs> Excellent, Ronaldo. Really, really good points there. It's it's an interesting point that Ray makes there about his partner finding this one the, the most confusing of all the episodes because, as we mentioned earlier on, for this episode, if you've watched the seven movies that it's referencing in here, this is the one that gives you all the answers. If you haven't watched those movies, I wonder, does it feel like, hang on, who are all these people? What are, what are, what are their specialities? Why are they here? Why are they involved? Does it give you loads more questions if you've never seen any of those movies? I yeah. just wonder, you know, what's that thing at the stars of someone reforming out of the air? Does Monica actually exist? You know, um, I wonder, I wonder whether it's really confusing to people, but I suppose, you know, Avengers Endgame, the, the, movie that made more money than any other movie made in the in the history of man does mean that most people understand what's what's going on here i suppose uh so uh so some really interesting points there uh ray and i again i love how much Catherine han's character has captured everybody's attention she doesn't even appear in this episode it's only in flashback really in this episode that she still captures people's attention yeah thanks so much ronaldo and yeah i'm really enjoying the the scroll theory here uh-huh. and that tie into to secret invasion so yeah, that, that would be a, a, a nice thing for, for vision. As I say, maybe it is also the missing person that Wanda has kind of put the form of vision maybe. around him. Maybe. Um, if it's just not vision at all, but, uh, great stuff. Thanks for the feedback, Ronaldo on Facebook. Heather Wallace says, so there I was expecting a retro eighties comedy intro into the vein of family ties and growing pains, but instead I had my heart ripped out by the snap reversal and its aftermath. Well played WandaVision. Well played. <laughs> that first glimpse of Monica in sitcom Westview means there are more episodes than what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And by scouring for clues in the sitcom, are we all turning into sword agents? Yeah, thanks so, so much there, Heather. Yeah, I loved the unblipping, the unsnapping, uh, for sure. It just really was a great thing to see and, and see it done in the way that it was. Um, 
I guess it would have warmed the cockles of Captain America's heart. Um, as, as we know from Endgame, he was really quite moany, um, not knowing what to do with himself, uh, really wallowing in, in his grief to the Very extent that, um, yeah, none of the rubbish was collected. Um, uh, after five years. I don't think that's Captain America's responsibility, but thanks so much for the feedback, Heather. Alan Thomas says, that was awesome. As I predicted, mostly in jest, I do need a Spinal Tap scale because that episode was six out of five. Uh, one of my favourite things about this episode actually is showing the aftermath of the undoing of what they are calling the blip. The implications of that, which were also touched on Spider-Man movie, are so rich with story potential. Tony Stark imagined it as being all upside with no downside. Like specifically, he did not want his own daughter erased but that of course is impossible i do like that the seriousness of monica arriving back she had been sitting beside maria rambeau's bed Uh, after she came back from surgery she arrives back five years later and her mother's passed away three years even though in monica's mind only a second has passed and her mother was coming out of surgery and everything had gone really well so yeah you're absolutely right that's a really good call out on thanks for that Matthew Randall says, Jimmy Woo and Darcy are probably two of my favourite supporting characters in the whole MCU and I loved seeing them together. Not needing any prior knowledge of them, but it being extra cool if you do recognise them is quintessentially MCU. Same with Monica Rambeau, although I hope we get a bit more Carol Danvers, Maria Rambeau flashbacks somewhere along the line, maybe in Captain Marvel 2. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. I haven't conv- convinced my flatmates to watch it yet, but this episode certainly re-motivated me. Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. Yep, we as we said, Jimmy Woo and Darcy are some of our favourites too. And I do like the idea of the Carol Danvers, Marie Rambeau flashbacks because I'm assume I my assumption is Captain Marvel is not a flashback; it's a kind of present day, and it's going to be with Monica. But let's wait and see. Captain Marvel two, yeah, yeah, I think it's probably going to be more present day, isn't it? After yeah. after Endgame, yeah. Yes, we also got some feedback from Alex Balish, who had this to say. Well, that's a twist I didn't see coming. I'm glad they revealed what the heck is going on. Loved all the new characters. Randall Parker's Jimmy Roo is hilarious and also plays a great straight man in comedy, as well as Kat Dennings. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Well, there you go, Alex. You've heard our thoughts. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks so much, Alex. Yeah, thanks so much, Alex. Uh, Richard Blaze says... Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. I expected them to drag the mystery on until the penultimate episode and then have it nicely wrapped up in the finale. This made a refreshing change and was great to see how it all ties into the MCU. Easily the best episode yet and much more grounded with subtle humour thrown in. A brave decision. My only grumble was it felt like it flew by, even when the credits rolled i checked how long was left and it said six minutes so i sat and continued to watch the credits in multiple languages in my defense as it ended it did say please stand by i just took that too literally (laughs) interested to see how next week's episode plays out will we be back to wonder and vision with snippets of swords or will we just focus on the sitcom my son alfie's verdict amazing said in very breathless fashion as he couldn't quite believe what he had just seen. Thanks so much, Richard and Alfie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely a great episode. It it really, um, it it reveals everything. It it brings everything together from those first three with the sitcoms. I think 
moving forward for me, I'm hoping it doesn't just go back to straight. Now we see them in uh, in an 80s sitcom uh, without any reference to what's yeah. going on at this big um, sword camp- encampment outside. Yeah. That needs to now just be married in for me um, at this stage. Um, so, yeah, agree with you, Alfie. Absolutely amazing <laughs> TV. So, yeah. Thanks so much, Richard and Alfie, for your feedback. Sometimes being an MCU fan does backfire. You know, remember all, the, all that stuff that used to come out before the movies where they're saying, you know, a real Marvel fan sits through the end of the credits and then they have seven minute credits at the end of their episodes of TV. It doesn't even go on to anything else like on Netflix. It just plays yeah. through all seven minutes of the credits with no credit scenes. Excellent. Thanks so much for that, Richard. Stevie Larson says... Since it seems that Wanda's creating her own mini-universe, I think all the people in the town aren't exactly being controlled by Wanda, but are simply existing within the strange rules of her sitcom universe, because that is how things work. They're still aware of who they were, and how things used to be, but they rarely act on that knowledge or say anything to her, because that's simply not how things work there in this universe. But also, if something happens that Wanda doesn't like, she does have the ability to directly alter it to fit her desires. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the point we were making about, you know, the things like the drone appearing and it turns into the helicopter, the the sword agent that comes in and is turning into the bee- beekeeper outfit, the point you were making earlier on in the season. If it doesn't fit the narrative of this sitcom, it just yeah. translates it to something else. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're, we're going to end up with this. We also got some feedback from Sandra Wiesendez, who said, Did you notice they never put Agnes up on the board when they were saying the characters' real names? Hmm. I really have no words for this episode other than holy beep 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 beep, beep swear jar swear jar swear jar. <laughs> There's a lot of dinks that need to go in this uh, from uh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage, absolutely. Sandra also said, so if the old jump rope was able to come back to reality, could other things theoretically come back, i.e. vision? And or the twins? Yes, I think that's what John was kind of questioning. Potentially, this is the ability that, although Wanda does not know, maybe mm-hmm. things can cross back over. Absolutely, yeah. It's entirely possible that uh, that Vision could walk out of this series alive again. It's a really good point, Sandra. Thanks so much for that. Claire Payne says, it's all Wanda. This was an extremely clever episode. I don't really know where to start. I just finished watching the four Avengers films, and ironically, this episode fitted in extremely well. Seeing the blip reversed and the chaos that is caused in just one hospital was a great way to open this episode. So good to see Darcy Lewis. Really liked her in the two Thor films. WandaVision is brilliant. Thanks so much, Claire. Yes, I, I think um, the the blip is great, and, and I think anyone um, who's watching WandaVision, if you have time... I, you know, seeing the Avenger films again is just a really nice way to connect back to those films for, for this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you haven't got the time, there is the, the there is the, um, sort of overview of the at legends. least Wanda. Yeah. The legends are on Disney plus, um, for Wanda and, and Vision yep. at yep. least. Um, Jeff Child says the unsnap looked really cool. Wanda looks like she might be the big bad, even if unintentionally. Mm-hmm. We got a glimpse of a dead vision. This is how she's dealing with the trauma. Yes, I think uh, yeah. that there's a lot of uh, stuff here still um, 
uh, a mystery. And one of those is the, the, the effect that Wanda is having for sure on, um, this world and to what extent she is in control. But certainly Monica believes, um, she is in control. It's all Wanda. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. The second last piece of feedback comes from Ray Felix, who said, my God, that was good. I actually think this is before Thanos' final battle. Will the last episode be Wanda fighting Thanos, screaming, you took everything from me? I also think it's good intro to the real Captain Marvel of the Avengers. So, not to be nitpicky, technically she's the second Captain Marvel I man- so uh, for uh, any of our listeners who are not fans of comic books, Monica Rambeau used to be one of her aliases in the comic book was Captain Marvel. Essentially, you had the first Captain Marvel, which was a Cree Marvel, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. He was male. He used Negabans, and that's a whole other thing. Then you had Monica Rambeau, who took on the moniker of Captain Marvel. Based actually based on the thing from the Fantastic Four, told her to take it because. Captain Marvel would not care. Right. Sure. Uh, the thing makes the joke in the comics that he's pretty sure he's not the only thing in that universe. Uh-huh. Very funny. But then uh, later on, she goes on like Spectrum, uh, Photon. Uh, she uses many. I think she's currently called Spectrum uh, in it, uh, in the, the actual comic book universe. But then Carol Danvers took on Miss Marvel. And then became Captain Marvel. That's and right. now we yeah. have Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. So names do you think? So technically she's the uh, second. She's a Captain Marvel. She's Definitely. a Captain she, Marvel. She, I think it's likely in this universe, given that we saw that photo of her mother with the name uh, Proton, uh, Honest Maria Proton Rambo. I think it's likely in this universe, if she's going to become some form of superhero, that she would take on the mantle of Proton. But here we don't see her with any kind of superpowers at all. She is... No. An investigator who works for Sword, but, uh, but really good feedback there, right, as well. Um, that'd be really interesting if she effectively came back from the snap in this blip, effectively, if Wanda came back and immediately went and this was the universe that she created for Vision and then she went off afterwards and fought Thanos. That'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? Final piece of feedback over on Facebook from Doug Green. He says, okay, I need to know the truth from Derek, John and Chris. Do you have a whiteboard set up that looks like Jimmy Woo's board? <laughs> I'm sorry, Doug. It's actually not a whiteboard. Um, if any of you have seen um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's actually more like Charlie Day's board, where it's the whole room is full of pieces of string and news clippings all connected yeah. together with tacks. You know, it's mad, isn't it? I don't think I've ever seen uh, an episode of, or more than one episode of uh, of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But that is the the gif that always comes up when you're confused. That's the gif that suddenly appears is Charlie Day from uh, from Always Sunny uh, put together those those plans or those uh, that analysis of uh, something he doesn't understand. Excellent. Thanks so much for that, Doug. Yeah, thanks so much, Doug and Ray, and for all the feedback through on Facebook. Yes, thank you so much, everyone. And now, gentlemen. It's time we have a voicemail. Yes, a voicemail from the one and only Steve Brown. Hey guys, it's Steve. Um, such a good episode. Uh, another one. Uh, we interrupt this program. Uh, love that we're get, finally getting titles. I think we've already said that, but, um, a lot in this, in this episode. Um, see if I can hit just a couple of things that I found interesting. Um, Love that, uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix at the end. Uh, I believe that was Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child. And, uh, also I noticed that Paul Bettany got top billing this time. I think 
unless I'm wrong, Elizabeth Olsen's been getting top billing um, on the previous episodes when they went to the credits. So that was interesting. Um, seeing the people's reactions after people came back from the blip was was great. We don't. I don't think we've really gotten a good uh, example of that uh, in any of the movies. So that was that was really cool. Seeing uh, Monica come back and asking about her mom, thinking that she'd only been you know asleep for twenty minutes, but she's actually been gone for years. So that was really good, and uh, just loved uh, moving the story forward and seeing outside of this bubble and uh, kind of learning. There's something, there's definitely something deeper going on than just Wanda. So, uh, can't wait to hear you guys and can't wait to talk about this one and watch it again. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Steve. That's a, it's a really good points there. Yeah. I, I don't think we've ever seen the serious return from the blip like we saw in this episode. We mentioned earlier on that in Spider-Man Far From Home, we had a few kind of comedy scenes of people yeah. returning. I think the one that always stands out to me is the basketball team who were playing on the court and suddenly the marching band walks straight through the middle of the basketball court <laughs> because they had been marching there five years before. And uh, I thought that was a great funny scene. But here in this episode, much more played, since it's in a hospital, much more played well, seriously. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Steve, for, for the feedback. Yeah, I, I wonder whether or how they determine billing. Um, maybe it's just contracts between the characters or whether there's yeah. some significance for the show. Yeah. Never know. Um, but certainly, yeah, the blip thing was just amazing. Uh, yes, and Voodoo Child um, from Jimi Hendrix. Uh, really, really good to, I, um... I guess talk about wonder i have to be the pedantic uh music person and call yeah. it vo- voodoo child john no child sorry okay <laughs> there's no deal yet light Maybe? shield common misconception yep wow why you can't that's why you've never been able to find it on spotify chris pretty much also i wouldn't go looking for it no offense awesome <laughs> awesome <gasps> oh my god Shocker, so but gentlemen that is the end of our episode on that bombshell that chris does not like Jimi hendrix Johnny, Johnny Hendrix? Hendrix? I said Johnny Hendrix. I didn't Jimmy. like Johnny Hendrix. That's probably why I don't yeah. like Jimi Hendrix. I've always thought his name was Johnny Hendrix, and I was just finding terrible, like, kind of a really bad cover band. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the reason, Chris. Thanks again, everybody, for your feedback. Just, again, to mention that you, that puts you all in with the chance of winning those WandaVision Funko Pops at the end of the season. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us for our discussions about WandaVision Episode 4. If you want to get in contact with us, always, you can email us to feedback at tvpod com or join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Yes, it's always good. Don't forget as well, you can support us by going on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries and keeping the producer extraordinaire in caffeine as he edits into the wee hours of every night. <laughs> Even with one episode a week, I'm editing every night. Yes, yes. yes. You're really bad at your job. <laughs> and of course you can support us through subscribing at tvpodcastindustries.com on any uh, Wiccan or wizardy podcast catcher of your choice uh, we will be back next week for WandaVision episode 5 which will be on Disney Plus from Friday the 5th of February thanks so much for joining us yes thank you so much and we'll see you next Friday Marvel Fridays woo Yes, thanks so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure, as always. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Meow, meow. Bye. Meow, meow. Bye. 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 So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers?
it's a working theory. 